by Riverside. Welcome, friends. Uh, we once again have another episode this week. This has been an absolutely crazy week in the Premier League, considering we have matches every single day. And our number one goal in this pod is uh, just to have this episode out before all the matches are over. All right, it's true. Yeah, um, I think some teams have played twice already in the in the week since we've done our pod. It's the last one. Crazy. It's too many and games. Some may play, so many some games. Some may play three. Yeah, some may be on their about to play their third game. We don't know. Friends, uh, we are recording this on Tuesday morning. It is May 2nd. So anything we say today is only up until May 2nd at 8.22 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Up until probably 9.22 Eastern Standard Time. Allegedly. We'll see how long this episode goes. Andrew, please, please give us a tour of your background today. Ah, yes, the new background we have. Um, as as always, well, not as always, but as probably people could guess, United jerseys galore. Um, these are all, I would say, quote-unquote special editions because the players were only at the club each for a year. Um, so we have Edison Cavani, Kristen Press from the Man United women's team, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And, you know, as we all know, Zlatan is a top three player of all time. Yes, uh, both three. on Both on and off the pitch. <laughs> yes, uh, but I believe that he would say he is the only player of all time. <laughs> this sport did not exist before the Zlatan appeared. Yeah. Oh, so many things to talk about this week or this uh, today about the week about the thing that just happened all the stuff um i'll go through the outline today how about you take a break oh you're, you're gonna do this oh, wow let's let's me let's me go ahead and give it a shot all right g- give us the rundown i would just sit back and have some coffee yeah sit back blow your nose do whatever you need to do groundskeepers we have a jam-packed schedule today we're gonna talk about arsenal versus manchester city pivotal pivotal game uh, next up, we have Liverpool versus Tottenham, which was an absolute goal fest. And we're going to talk about Brighton, uh, a team that is kind of gone under the radar, a little bit underrated, but is doing incredible. And then last but not least, we'll obviously give you a table update because it is getting spicy all over. So that, how was that? How's that? Is that a good intro? <laughs> you know, you know that what? That was pretty good. I don't. I don't even know if I have to be on this pod anymore. Maybe I'll just take a step back and just be the the producer, and uh, you can just do the whole thing. No, that would be boring. All right. Well, let's let's start with let's start with uh, the top of the table. No better place to start than Pep Guardiola's side. Man City absolutely destroying Arsenal. Wasn't even a close match, and Pep Guardiola showed why his side has won four of the last. Five seasons in the Premier League. Did you know, going into this match, Arsenal have lost the last 11 Premier League matches to Man City? I didn't know before going in, but I found out. Now it's 12 straight. 12 straight. And isn't, weren't they outscored something like 33 to like 4? 
Honestly, I was so distracted with the stat of losing 12 in a row that I completely missed the statistic on how many goals have actually been scored. Right. I mean, you can't beat, they can't, they're just, that David and Goliath just never, never works out for Arsenal. It, it doesn't. City were just on a different level than Arsenal right now. Arsenal came in not in very good form. They tied three straight matches against teams that they should have been able to put away. City are just focused. You do not want to play this team right now or ever, honestly. Any side that Pep's in charge of, you just do not want to play them. And they showed why they're the big brother. I mean, they really did. And you mentioned it. Arsenal drew three games that they should have easily won. Not only that, they should have not given up leads. They had 2-0 leads in two of those games. And they just gave him up. Sounds like a couple of other teams we know. Tottenham. United. And honestly, if Arsenal had just taken care of business in those two matches, the outcome of the Arsenal versus City match would not have mattered. As far as overall points and who's going to be at the top at the end of this thing. But because Arsenal didn't didn't take care of business, they had to go into the Etihad try some way to find a spark against Man City, and it just wasn't happening. The depth of this Man City squad is ridiculous. Their entire bench is full of starters for any other club. They're all okay with being on the bench, too. That's the crazy part. None of them have a big enough ego to go up to Pep and be like, let me leave if you're not going to use me, if you're not going to start me every single match. They don't care. This team has bought into the philosophy of team first, and the only thing that matters is at the end of the season, they're lifting every single trophy possible. I mean, true. Well, there's one person who said, let me leave, and that was Cancelo, who went <clears> to <throat> Bayern. And how'd that work out for him? It's not working out great so far. <laughs> no, it went atrociously for him. But we're going to stay We're gonna stay within the confines of the UK. We are. Um, but no, you're not. What you said about City having a, a, the depth is incredible. That's one thing I have noted. It's It doesn't matter who gets fielded for this side, they can thrash any team. They, they've won games where Holland doesn't start or Holland doesn't score. They've won games where you didn't know a few of the players even on the team or in the starting lineup. And that you just got to hail at Pep and what he's done with the team top to bottom. And what I would really love is if someone, friends, groundskeepers, maybe, maybe you could do this for us. I want to see a timeline of when every current player on the City squad joined the team. Because they're not exactly out here developing players. City isn't known for their academy. I think they have only have one person that I know of that came from the academy. I think that was Foden. That's what I'm saying. I, I want to see the progression of this team and how they just gradually sign these players over the years. They're... This is also what happens when there is no salary cap in a sport. Let's not forget, City's facing about a thousand allegations of financial fair play right now that are somehow just the investigation is just taking its time towards the end of the season. Probably nothing will happen until at least this summer. So, if, for all we know, after they win everything, they're just going to get some kind of fine punishment. They're not going to take away their trophies. And even if they did, everyone still knows who won. Yeah, like regardless, regardless of all that financial fair play stuff like you can't deny that the players are not an absolute elite squad like one of the one if not the best team in the world right now 
I think the only people that might be able to topple him are Real Madrid in the Champions League. And that's a big if. And that's just Champions League. Real Madrid is not close to the top of the Liga table. Not points-wise, no. That's what I'm saying. Not points-wise. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how close you are maybe as a team-to-team comparison as far as skill. If you're not close on top of the table points-wise, it it doesn't really matter. No one remembers who got second. Except for the people who got second. And no one cares about them. But I will say, Arsenal is getting so much criticism. And I would like to defend them just for a half second, if I may. They've still had a great season. They There were some teams they didn't take care of that they were supposed to. But winning the Premier League is such a marathon. And teams, you got to take care of business against the bottom half teams, which Arsenal has not done the whole season. But overall, they should still be really proud of themselves, especially if you think about where they came from last season and the season before that. Arteta has been building this squad gradually over the years to a point where they they can be contenders for years to come, especially with their age. They're I think at the beginning of the season we said they were like the second youngest team on average. Keep those guys going. Get a few more signings because people will want to come play for Arsenal if Arsenal's winning. That's the nature of the sport. People want to go to winning clubs. And I want to talk about how many points they've had this this season and compare it to some of the previous seasons. Right now, they have, they're second on the table, and they can reach 80-plus points, which is an impressive number. We've been spoiled over the years with some of these numbers that City and even Liverpool in some seasons have been putting up. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the 2020-2021 season, United finished second in the table. They finished at 74 points. I'm pretty sure Arsenal's already at 75 with more games to go. And then the... 2019-2020 season, City, who finished second, finished at 81 points. Arsenal has had a great season. They have nothing to be ashamed of. It's just that their standard, for whatever reason, was winning the table, which is a high high goal to have. And if that's your, if it's either table top of the table or bust, chances are it's going to be a bust. But they've still had an amazing season. You can see where this team is going for years. You can see the strategy. The team has bought in. Maybe they need to bring in a couple more guys who who are more veterans, kind of keep everyone grounded, especially during matches when there's you know high-pressure situations. Uh, guys who aren't just going to get yellow cards every other match as their quote-unquote tough guys. But overall, Arsenal still had an amazing season. Uh, technically, City could still screw this up. There's a chance. Not a high one, but you never know. I mean, yeah, you got to basically if Arsenal want to even like win the league this year, they have to win out the rest of the season and hope and pray that someone just absolutely goes toe to toe with City for a game, which I mean, there's there are some games in cities like last five to six where someone could go toe to toe with them. I think Brighton could absolutely bring it to them. Um, we've seen them play extremely well this season. Um, but like you said, Arsenal have had a good season. But to I feel like to most like Arsenal fans, it might feel like a failure because they had the league in hand. They absolutely were. Uh, they were eight points above Man City. And that was when they were like even on games. They, they, no one had games in hand at that point. 
they haven't had any trophies, which again, people think that's a failure of a season if you're a top club. Um, but overall, from where they started with Arteta to where they are now, that they've definitely made a serious, like significant improvement. They've they do have things to be proud of. There's a lot of things that they can obviously improve on. It's, al- it's but, also unfair that City, who were such a great club last season, got Erling Holland. Like that's insane. I mean, I don't know if it's unfair because. I would think it would be unfair if they paid like a hundred million for him, but because they got him for like forty-five million, <laughs> like you know what? Financial fair play is there, and financial fair play is saying it was an unfair play. Well, I'm pretty sure every team in the world thinks it's an unfair play because of his Terminator style inv- invincibleness. <laughs> hey, remember in the in the preseason when there were some quote unquote experts who said Holland couldn't make it in the Premier League and that it was too physical of a league and that his style of play wouldn't work out and that City would be better off without him. And then even during the season, when City weren't at the top of the table, quote-unquote experts were saying that City are better without Holland and they should have never gotten him. Yeah, and now he has the most goals scored in a single season. <laughs> I think every one of those people should have to, be, should have to retire because that was such a, a horrendous take. On yeah, their part. Absolutely. I, they clearly didn't ever watch him play in the Bundesliga because he is a physical player. He's very physical. Also, like, you can't tell me Bundesliga. And physical. You can't tell me Bundesliga yeah. is not a physical league if that's what they're concerned about. It definitely is. Like they, those, those pundits were clearly just grasping at straws because they wanted something negative to say about this new signing because some of those pundits didn't want City to do well. But he does have, you know, congrats to Holland. He currently has 34 goals in the Premier League. Let's talk about how he has more goals than some of these clubs. Are you ready for this list? He does, yeah. Friends, Erling Holland, the Norwegian cyborg. He has more goals than Chelsea, Wolves, Nottingham Forest, Everton, and Southampton. That is not combined. This is individually compared to each club. Just need to yes. make that disclaimer. But he has more goals scored than those Premier League clubs in the entire season. Um, he's actually very close to, I think, one or two other clubs by a goal or two. Yeah, so, he's close to Palace and Bournemouth. Yeah, so, you know, by the end of the season, he could he could have more than them, which would be like, what, half the league? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we he they have uh, I think around they're they have like six games left in the season. Given that he can he's scored two to three goals a game pretty consistently, he could easily like jump to forties. Yeah, and they have how many games left? Six, six, seven, six in the Premier League, two in the Champions League at least, and then one in the FA Cup. Yeah. And I will say City's schedule is not the most difficult to end the season. No. Arsenal have a much more difficult schedule. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had a note about that somewhere, but you know what? The schedule? Yeah, Yeah, something about it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I had it somewhere too, and I just don't remember where it went. Yeah, I feel like the only thing that's going to be interesting that 
maybe a detriment to the to City ending this season is the fact that they have Champions League, so they have more games to play, and it could potentially get players could get injured, they could be tired. But again, Pep is so smart about how he rotates his squad and how much depth they use and the players that he brings in for games. Like you don't have to really worry about them being tired. Not at all. Um, I did pull up City's schedule real quick. Um, on Wednesday, they play West Ham. Then they got Leeds. I'm ignoring the Champions League matchup to Real Madrid. Everton, Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford, and United. So really, West Ham and Leeds, you could probably give some of your stars a rest against those yeah. in those matches. Uh, probably the same thing against Chelsea, in all honesty. Um, Brighton. Brentford and United are all going to be tough matchups. And I apologize. United is actually the FA Cup. So yeah. it's just West Ham, Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, Brighton, and Brentford. So honestly, they got some good matchups to rest some guys and, you know, put in some of the younger guys, some of the guys who don't get as many minutes. They do. I think, yeah, the, I think the only ones that are going to maybe cause some issues are those last three. I think Chelsea might – they can't – Chelsea can't score, but they do – they can defend at times. And at if times. they play like they played against the last game against Real Madrid, even though they ended up losing, they could definitely like hold City off. Because they, they played well, even though they lost. Here's a side once. question. Does Lampard make it to that game? Yeah, he's going to stay till the end of the season. Maybe he should never. Because they, they are trying to sign Poch really quickly. But he is. So it's already know. been. It's been reported heavily that he would not start until next season. I yeah, but I think that because of uh, because of what Chelsea, because of the results they've had recently, I think that there was like push to get Poch in a lot quicker than next season. Uh, everything I've seen says that he doesn't want to start until the off season because he knows mm. the mess that is happening and he doesn't want to be associated with it whatsoever, and it wouldn't help him in any way taking over our club for the last two, three matches. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, then Lampard's just going to stay. Like, There's no use in hiring another caretaker for a month and a half. He should not have ever taken that job. That was a terrible idea on his part. He, It's not helping his reputation whatsoever. I mean, I think that – I don't think that's going to be a detriment to his reputation because everyone knows the mess that Chelsea are right now. Like from top to bottom, they've been a mess since the season started. They've been a mess since the summer when the wholesale – happened and the club was frozen so i don't think that's necessarily going to be a detriment to lampard i think that he came into an absolute shitstorm and is trying to do his best but like you can't what, what's the fucking weird saying that people have saying about making there are i don't know you can't, what is it something about like you can't uh, take a horse to something about water and you can take a horse know. to water but you can't make a drink there it is. That's the one you're looking for. That's not even the weirdest one. I know, but it was the, it was the one that popped in my head. Either way, that's what it is. Like he can do what he can, but it's not like he can just magically make all these players play like they know they can or play like they have in the past. That's fair. Well, you know what? Let's move on to our next thing. We spent so much time talking about that. Let's discuss this Liverpool versus Tottenham matchup. This I don't think Which there's part? enough. <laughs> there's not enough synonyms in the English language for the words chaos to describe this match. The roller coaster of emotions that both fan sets 
fan bases must have gone through. It's like going to Bush Gardens, riding every single roller coaster imaginable, going over to Cedar Point, except just for your emotions. Your physical body, completely fine. And honestly, maybe not. After all this, and your emotions running high in both directions, I could not imagine being a fan of either one of, of either one of these clubs right now. I mean, yeah, just as far as like emotions go, that game was, I mean, as we know, our good friend Tom was very unhappy because they were 3-0 down in 15 minutes. And then you look at previous Tottenham games and it's like, just they're getting absolutely obliterated in the first part of every game. And then with Liverpool, like just throughout the entire season, it was bad at the beginning, better in the middle, and they're doing a lot better now towards the end of the season. I This is not a kiddie ride. Liverpool went up, not one, not two, but three nil. Looked like they had this game easily. It was done. The Spurs players looked like they were trying to prove Conte's points about them. And then slowly, the Spurs found life. And Harry Kane just, Harry Kane scored. And it was, I believe, what, 3-1 going into half? Yeah. And it gave the Spurs players just enough life. Just enough. And all of a sudden, the Spurs were like, oh, wait. We also have a chance at going to European competition next year. Maybe we should try, guys. Maybe we should run around and pass the ball and go on counterattacks and put the ball in the net. And the next thing you know, it is three, two, three. And you know who finally scored? You know who finally got his first goal in the Premier League this season? Richarlison. The man cost the team 60 million pounds. He was their big offseason signing. And by the way, friends, for all of you who don't know, pounds to dollars that is 75 million dollars they paid for this man to score once in the entire premier league season that's atrocious mm-hmm. i think he's the biggest bust of of the summer signings but he doesn't get talked nearly enough talked about nearly enough because the spurs are such a dysfunctional organization that he somehow slides under the radar wasn't he injured for a while i don't care and he had the world cup Oh, I'm sorry. Did he miss the entire we've season? All seen, we've all seen dip in form after the World Cup. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah? What was the dip in form before the World Cup excuse? I don't know. I don't watch Tottenham. I, I enjoy my happiness. <laughs> um, I know Tottenham eventually eventually won. They pulled this out 4-3 with a player who not should not win. have been on the pitch at that point because he should have gotten a red card because he put studs up to a face of, of a Spurs player. Jota to skip, stud to face, and somehow VAR was like, oh no, don't worry, it's only a yellow. It's either studs to face or it's not studs to face. I don't understand how there's any discussion about that. Yeah, no, there's, it, I mean, it's all over everywhere. That that should have been an instant red card. I remember looking through like pundit commentary, Twitter, and no one disagreed that it should have been a straight red card. It, should, I, it didn't I, even have to get reviewed. They, they said that it should have just been an instant red. His, can I, can it, I give is, you some VAR fun facts? You can. Do you know which team has benefited the most from VAR? I do. It's Liverpool. Liverpool. I, I went back and, I, and I, you know what? I was like, we all know this watching the matches, but I wanted to see if there were stats about this. The first I could go back was the end of March. 
Liverpool have received with VAR rulings, zero of them have gone against Liverpool in the entire season. Zero. VAR has granted Liverpool an additional six points. If you took away those six points, they'd be sitting in ninth right now. And how do no VAR decisions go against Liverpool? How is that even possible over an entire season that they haven't had a single thing go against them? Brighton's had like four public apologies made to them. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's that's why they're called Live Our Pool. Because they somehow have VAR in their back pocket. Yeah, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'm tired of Klopp and him always saying how referees are against him and how they hate this club when they've literally gotten the most decisions for them by anyone. Um, I believe, and I have this quote here. Where is it? Apparently, I don't have the exact quote. I thought I did. But either way, Klopp was talking about how the referee Paul Tierney has a problem with Liverpool, and he made these public statements. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, On the fourth goal for Liverpool, Klopp ran to the fourth official to try to yell in his face. And then he pulled his hamstring because the football gods finally came through and said, stop this, Klopp, you're a child. (laughs) But he wanted to go run at the fourth official. How is the Premier League organization allowing this to happen? This is absolutely setting a terrible example for everyone in the world, setting a terrible example for younger coaches, setting a precedent that you can just yell at referees whenever you want. Klopp always has something negative to say. Um, Klopp also went so far as to say when he got his card that the referee told him something inappropriate and Klopp refused to say what those words were. These referees are are mic'd. They have microphones on them. And the PGMOL came out and said that nothing the referee said was unprofessional in that moment. And you know what? They definitely would have said something and or they would have just suspended the referee for a while if anything inappropriate had happened because they always want to protect their reputation. True. Yeah. Um, the whole game aside, Klopp's behavior like on the touchline is very interesting. I mean, I think there was a, it was either referees, it may have been the PGMOL or it may have been pundits, but they were talking about how, what if they started implementing like point deductions for like coaches touchline behavior, if it was excessive or brash or basically Klopp yeah. that you could get deducted like one, two, three points. I think that would be I, I, interesting. I don't want that to happen, but I I don't want that like either. Good... But like the issue is for me, I like the idea. I like the premise of the idea. Mm-hmm. However, for me, it it doesn't matter because the, they also have current punishments they could do. They can suspend him for matches. They can fine him, yeah. and none of those are happening anyways. So what makes what would make me think that they would take away points? Yeah, like what makes that? It, I mean. I guess I guess that would uh, scare people a little bit more because it's a, it's an overall team detriment, not just like oh Klopp got fined like ten thousand euros or Klopp got fined ten thousand pounds or oh Klopp can't come to the next game. It's like oh your team got deducted three points, so that hurts every everyone else involved, not just I guess you. But yeah, I don't well, want to see that happen. I don't I don't think point deduction should not be involved for like a managerial touchline bans because again that doesn't go that's not the whole team 
in in a bad light. It's just one person. Like just right. keep with the match bans, keep with the fines, at least on that point. Or you know, start with those because those aren't happening right now, yeah. anyways. Um, I did hear from one of my favorite podcasts, Men and Blazers. They said you, you need to implement the Mourinho rule when evaluating managers and their tempers on the sideline. If Mourinho did it, and you would say it's ridiculous, is that means it's ridiculous for everybody. If Mourinho ran to the fourth official to go yell at him, everyone would be all over the manager for doing that. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I like that standard. <laughs> the Mourinho standard. Yeah. But back to this game. I just hate Klopp so much with like a fiery passion for his absolute temper tantrums that he throws on the sideline and this whole woe is me, nothing's my fault attitude. I mean, he does have that attitude. But so when in in this game, when um, Liverpool went up three goals in 15 minutes, I thought to myself, well, here's another Newcastle-like hammering. They're going to get absolutely smashed like five or six to who knows what, zero, one, I don't know. And then I thought, well, I guess the players better just set up direct debits to all the fans to pay for tickets again. Like they might as well just keep that as an open, like open movement of money. Just every game, just ACH the fans for however much they pay for a ticket. Because did you? They're just gonna keep fucking up. Did you happen to see all the fans that left the stadium after the Liverpool's uh, I, third goal? I know I saw like a, a bunch of like, people leaving, but I didn't know how many. It was a lot. They did not stay. Um, I can't really blame them, but they probably just went to the pub to watch the match at the pub. Do you know what I mean? Like, you might as well just stay at that point. You already paid the money. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I would probably not, I've not, I probably, I remember when Liverpool was up like three or four on United, I just left. I was like, yeah, I'm going home. That's fair. Did you know this was the 41st time in the EPL era? that Liverpool have scored a winner in the 90th minute or later. At least 11 more than any other side. Jeez. Weird things happen at Anfield. The place makes no sense. Logic goes out the window. Um, I know Liverpool got the win. I feel if I was a fan of either of these clubs, I would not be happy. Because while Liverpool was able to get a 4-3 win, they got it at the last second. How are you going to give up a 3-0 lead like that? You had everything in hand. Should have been an easy victory. Your team took their foot off the gas pedal, clearly. You should have won 5-0, 6-0. Could have pulled a Newcastle on Tottenham. But you, you kind of got complacent. Um, I saw their players smiling a lot, and I know that's like a weird thing, but like, go and finish the job, and then you can go smile after the match. The look of determination from when the whistle blew to the third goal, it looked like it left. I mean, we've seen that a lot this season, just teams like teams getting complacent, teams like giving up leads. I mean, Arsenal gave up leads, Liverpool now giving up leads, Tottenham giving up leads. United giving up leads like there's complacency all around and I don't really understand it because what you're seeing is those teams that are complacent are having like rough rough goes this season teams are getting ousted from their respective like 
outside leagues and like European competitions or even domestic stuff, but you, then you see a team like City who ram through someone from beginning to end who are now in pole position to take the Premier League title. Very good pole position for other two trophies. So our complacency is not the way in this in this season. I think it's a... I think when it comes to teams and complacency, I do think it starts at the top down. Um, and so a lot of these cases, I think it has to do with the managers. Pep, you know, he's been doing this for so long with such success. And I think part of that is that he never lets his teams think the match is over. He makes them play all the way through to the end. And I think on his teams, he always has one or two, at least one or two guys who carry on the pitch that same determination. Um, I think for City, it's De Bruyne. I love that man. I think he's an incredible player and very underrated in my opinion. I didn't say this when we were talking about them, but Holland got man of the match, but I think it should have been De Bruyne. He never gets enough credit for what he does for that team. Um, I'm not sure if Liverpool has that player, especially this season. Um, I'm not sure if Tottenham has that player. Conte would say they definitely don't. They do not. Um, Arsenal, I couldn't tell you who that was. No, I mean, no. I can tell you who it probably was for Liverpool, and he plays now at Bayern Munich. Right. So I think when you... You can't find those things on a stat sheet. Mm -mm. And when managers let these players leave, I believe that's something that's always forgotten about is that those factors of team leadership, carrying guys on the pitch, because the manager can yell all he wants, but it's always easier as a player when you have a teammate who's fighting with you on the pitch at all times, giving instructions talking to you know in secret when you like put your hand over your mouth and like try to whisper your teammate Which something is about stupid it it's so the i'm pretty sure it's so the cameras don't pick it up 99 percent sure stupid and they none of the, these teams have it I, again i would not be happy if i was a fan of either of these clubs tottenham's been slipping hard and liverpool i Next season, right, we talked about Arsenal and how we can see what they're building and what they could become. And last week, I believe we talked about they were missing a center back to injury. Where does Liverpool go? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Liverpool have been slowly creeping back up the table. Like we said, at the, at the beginning of the season, they were not doing great. Klopp had no idea it looked like he had no idea what he was doing because every team knew how to play against him. He just kept doing the same thing over and over. But I think for some reason, ever since that very, very weird win against United, they've just kind of clicked a little bit. They've started to do a little bit better. People have scored and they've been able to typically hold hold games out till the end. Um, but what do they improve on? I don't know. I, How can they improve? Maybe bring in a player or two, which I mean that can be said for most teams. But yeah, I feel it's almost it's almost best for Liverpool if they miss European competition next season and they can just focus on the Premier League for a whole year. I mean that's going to be a stretch. I, I, I mean I guess I can't say it's going to be a stretch if they miss uh, European competitions because right now Aston Villa and Brighton are breathing down the neck of European competitions. I mean Aston Villa are three points off Liverpool 
three points Two. being above yeah. Liverpool. Brighton have games in hand. And if they win those games in hand, that shoots them above Liverpool where they sit right now. I'm, I'm still calling it. I'm still saying Brighton and Villa will make European competitions. Well, let's, let's move they on. They have more fight in them than Liverpool and Tottenham right now. Let's move on to Brighton and let's discuss them. They, we've already said how they've received four public apologies about VAR and how it screwed them over. They said, Hey wolves come here and then scored six, which is their biggest win in like their 10 year history of being in top flight football. I believe. I think, yeah, I think it was their biggest win. I mean, it's definitely the biggest win of this season for them. Yes. They're currently sitting at eighth with 52 points, but they have three games in hand as of this recording on Tuesday, May 2nd. Yep. Which, if you add those together, let's say they win, they would be sitting at 61 points, which is in European competitions. They they have actually scored a good bit this season. They have 61 goals. Which is more than United. Yeah. And it's more than Aston Villa. And both those teams sit above them. What's really hurt Brighton is that they just they don't have as many wins. Every team above them has at least sixteen wins. They're sitting they're sitting at fifteen, which is gonna make a huge difference at, when it comes to those three points that you that you need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it definitely is. But like we said, they have games in hand. They have the ability to win and I think get points from those games. Um they don't have an easy end of the schedule. Um they have to oh, play no. United. They have to play United, City. Actually they play United, I think, on Thursday. But then City, Newcastle, Villa, and Arsenal. So they have to basically play pretty much one of the top like eight teams at the end of the season. Exactly. The the games against both Manchester squads are at home for Brighton, which should help a little bit, especially against United. It's yeah. not this schedule to end the season sucks. It is it is not fun. I I think they can do it. Absolutely. I think they have a Aston Villa. I absolutely think they can win that match. Yeah. United playing United at home. Brighton being at home for clarification. I think that's a doable win. That's a doable, you know, Three points. Arsenal, little worried about. Depends on which Arsenal team kind of shows up if if they go back to finding the groove or not. Newcastle's yeah. defense is a pain to get through. It's like the Great Wall of China. You yeah. can't walk through it. With that being said, I firmly believe Brighton can win at least three or four of these matches. See, and I was I give them with these last how many is it? One, two, three, four, five. I give them realistically, I think I can get four to six points. I think that Villa is a, a good chance of winning. I think that United and probably Arsenal is best case for them will probably be draws. I I believe what truly is gonna hurt Brighton the rest of the way is that Liverpool has a cakewalk of a schedule. Compared to uh, Brighton. Because they have Southampton, Aston Villa, Leicester, Brentford, Fulham. Much easier schedule than what Brighton has. True. But we've also seen Bournemouth wreck top of the table teams. 
They're not playing. Um, but, but also, Liverpool's got three of those matches at home. True. Home is a daunting place for anyone trying to play against Liverpool. I mean, we're get look, end of the season aside, um, and VAR aside, as we talked about at the beginning, they're still having one hell of a season. Um, oh my god, they should so, they should be so proud of themselves. And they went through a managerial change partway through. Yeah, I mean, since the time they got promoted, because I think they've only been up in top flight since. 2017, 2018? Yeah, 17, 18. So they've only been in top flight for six years. And if you go back and look at their like table climb, they it, it was legitimately a gradual step. It was down to the bottom, to the middle. And now they've been sitting around like eighth. They've been sitting around like eighth, eighth place for the last, like I don't know, two to three years. Um, but this, this is a team that came from the championship who is now sitting at 60 plus goals in a season. There's only six teams that are sitting at 60 plus goals and teams that are like the cities and arsenals. Those are teams you'd expect to be in that, that goal range. But this, this Brighton squad is absolutely killing it. I love this Brighton squad. They are doing so well with the players that they have. I have seen some reports that they need to go get a striker or, someone with that killer instinct up top but their formation doesn't really need that the way they play doesn't need that true old school number nine necessarily i believe they have four guys in the top 20 22 of goal scoring like if you go you know for goal leaders of the season um let me see if i can find it real quick their leading goal scorer has eight goals. There's two of them. And then they have two more at seven goals apiece. So they're spreading out the goal total as opposed to relying on one or two players, which can work perfectly well. Mm-hmm. I know we've given other teams some flack for not having those top goal scorers, such as a che- such as Chelsea, right? You and I have been very vocal about that. But the issue with Chelsea is they're just not scoring in general. Yeah, Brighton is score. scoring. They're just spreading it out, which is great, honestly, because then the other team has a hard time focusing on any single player. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Brighton, I think it was, I can't remember who said it, but Brighton are one of the best teams at building out from the back. Oh, I remember that stat. It was insane. They, they're incredible from top to bottom with this team that they have. They don't necessarily need like one specific striker because they have so many goal scorers. They have so many people that can score. You can't sit as a pundit. You can't sit and tell me that a team that has over 60 goals in this season's premier league is just absolutely needing a striker. Like, no, they they don't know. Absolutely need one. They have plenty of people who can score and they are doing it. A striker would sure. Maybe that would be helpful. It wouldn't help. I mean, it doesn't help that Evan Ferguson got injured because he is a striker. Right. But But they don't have to force it. Yeah, they don't they don't have to just like play it to one person the entire time like some teams did or some teams relied on. Full. I love I love hearing Deserby's uh story and his background to how he became the Brighton manager cuz he he obviously started in the Italian league. He started in Serie D <laughs> which fourth division. Yeah. He used to go watch when way back when Pep was in charge of Bayern. They had they would train in Italy for a little while, 
And he used to go over and watch the training sessions just to learn. And throughout the years, different managers at top clubs would just invite him over to watch training, to talk about strategy. And he's really taken, you can tell he has absorbed so much knowledge over the years. He understands how to play this team. I was went back to see how his team has done since he took over. And three of the four games in which his team has not scored, three of those matches came in the first four games that he coached. Which is impressive. So there were some growing pains when he started. Mm-hmm. But since then, full control of this club. They, I believe, are the definition of the sum is greater than the parts. I'm super I'm super excited to see what this club does next year because they'll get a few more signings. I think the club's biggest barrier to future success will be how many players they sell and how many players want to leave the club. But winning generally keeps players at clubs. True. It does. I mean, they're, but they're speaking of players, there's already been numerous people linked to leave. Many, many players. I know Almost like half the squad. McAllister, Ferguson. That's the, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, Matoma. Yeah, Matoma. Um, but I had a question, and I'm pretty sure you, you, basically, you basically answered it already, and it was, do you think that Brighton are doing this well because of what Potter instilled prior or when, or because of Deserby taking over? And you basically explained that you think it is Deserby fully having I think, control over this squad. I think Graham Potter did a really good job at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to give Deserby all the credit for utilizing the players. Yeah. I would, I would agree with you. I think there's, there's some like foundational things that Graham Potter did. Cause obviously we've seen Graham Potter coach this Brighton side previous to him leaving to Chelsea and they were doing very well. Um, but apparently, um, I, I was, I listened to an interview last night with one of the players and apparently Deserby is, as he said, crazy, a little bit crazy, but a good crazy. Um, cause he's, he's very intense. He's driven. He's, he always he's always wanting his players to attack. Like you said, that there were a few games where he didn't score goals because I know growing pains. You're taking over a team. You're fi- first time managing like one of the most top flight um, leagues in the world. And apparently, there was a game where they were up one nil at halftime, and apparently, he came into the dressing room and absolutely tore him apart because he was like, "We need to be up three, four goals. We need to win this game by five. He wants his team to just never stop attacking. He wants them to score goals. And apparently they ended up winning that game 5 0. <laughs> He's so which, good. Which I think is great. He has he does not have a sit back mentality. He is always pushing his team to be the best that they can be. And I think that he is just absolutely flying as a manager in the Premier League. I I think it'll be interesting how long he stays at Brighton, because you know those top clubs. The big name clubs are going to want him. I mean, Chelsea tried. Yeah, that's not happening. Not with Chelsea's current state. Brighton's doing really well. Realistically, they can go either Europa or Europa Conference League. Yeah. Which, you know, European competition is European competition. They should be proud of themselves for wherever they end up on the table this year. 
I firmly believe that they could get that fifth spot, which would be huge for this club. I be crazy. Their biggest barrier is Liverpool's schedule because Liverpool has, just, has a much easier schedule than Brighton do. But if Brighton take it one game at a time, they're not in any other competitions. They don't have anything else to worry about. They can go full on into each match. And I'm hoping they do it. I really am. Me too. I mean, I'm going to put put it into perspective for our listeners right now. Brighton has a club valuation of roughly, I think it was $270 million. Um, They are now competing for European competitions with teams like Liverpool, like Tottenham. Wish you could say Chelsea, but not Chelsea. But teams that have valuations of over $800 million. I think Cities is over a billion. Chelsea's is over a billion, but they don't even matter right now. United, Liverpool, they're well over 800 million. Like they are competing against clubs who are flooded with money, flooded with talent, and they are just absolutely doing incredibly well. And I'm very excited to see how they finish the season and yeah, what what they do going into next season because it's going to be really fun. It's going to be super, so much fun. I can't wait to discuss this team next season after all the off-season signings or releases however that may go and since we're discussing the table and who's going to end up where let's give our friends a quick update on the top and the bottom shall we we shall we all do would you like to do the bottom since <laughs> no i want to do the top okay because you know what i don't get to no, see it very often it. i mean you do every day when you look at it and realize that you're not up there all right uh going from <laughs> one I'm just going to go one to four because I think those are pretty set at this point. City, Arsenal, Newcastle, United. That's one through four. Uh, United and City both have a game in hand as of this recording. Two, two games in hand. Yeah, 34. Oh, right. We're at 34. My bad. They have two games in hand as of this recording. They're both in the FA Cup final. I think that I think this entire league needs to figure out how they're making up games because they're playing every single day of the week. I don't think other leagues in the, in the world are doing this. They're all figuring it out without having to play Monday through Mondays. I mean, every other league is playing Monday through Mondays. (laughs) They're not playing every day of the week. This is insane, but not every league has as many games as, as um, the premier league. That's something I've noticed. Premier league needs to figure it out. They're doing this all for TV value. We're going back to this. All right, so the top four, I think that's pretty set. Do you, do you think anyone's getting in or getting out? I don't think so. I think that it will It will be this. I think it'll even end up this exact order. I think that City are going to end up winning the league. Arsenal, Newcastle, and Manchester could flop around to three and four, but again, that doesn't matter. Once you're three to two, three, and four, like your place is just Champions League. Would you... If assuming United stays in this top four as a United fan, would you be happy with the progress of this team from last season? Yes. Cool. I mean, I'd be I'd be happy with the progress just from the beginning of the season. Perfect. I mean, that's all we need. We finished outside the top four last season. All right, five through. I'm gonna go five through eight because I don't think Brentford's make has a shot. Five through eight: Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Brighton. My heart says Brighton, 
will end up in that fifth spot. I definitely think they can make it up to sixth. Liverpool and Tottenham. I haven't even looked at Tottenham's schedule yet. I know we already talked about Liverpool and how they have a bit of an easier way left. Um, Let me look at Tottenham. Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Brentford. Why is everyone playing Aston Villa and Brentford to close out the season? I don't know. Uh, Leeds and West Ham. You know what? Maybe we're overlooking Tottenham. If Tottenham... West Ham's... Ignore West Ham. It's a friendly. Oh, it's a friendly. Yeah. Um, we're ignoring Tottenham over here, but you know what? Tottenham does have a good shot at the fifth spot. If they put it... I if they get it I together. I don't think so. <laughs> if they get it together. That's I a big that, if. I think Palace, Villa, and Brentford can absolutely beat them. I mean, on any given day, Tottenham can lose. Any given... Yeah, I... I, I don't know what's going to happen with Tottenham. No idea. I, so, I don't think that European competitions will be good for this team because they need a wake-up call, like an absolute like thunderstrike wake-up call, more than Conte's rant. I think they need new ownership who knows what they're doing and is not just in this for the money. What money? Tottenham's worth they're, a lot. They're not... I know, but they're not making any money. Getting yeah, they are they're getting ousted from competitions. They're not getting prize money. They're they're still making enough. Don't worry. They're not going bankrupt. Okay, they they have enough money. They're making a profit every single year. That's all the ownership cares about. I I think the only way they change is with new ownership because obviously that's been the only constant for twenty something years. True. And you got to take the common factor. But my heart says Brighton. Realistically, I think Liverpool can just hold off. They have one game in hand. Not too difficult of a schedule. They seem to have figured things out a bit. I love this adjustment with Trent Alexander-Arnold playing more of a... It's Technically, he lines up like a defensive mid, but he has a little bit more free-flowing feel to his game. I think it's a He's great... Finally, posi- I'm sorry? Finally playing in the midfield. Finally, if only you and I could have suggested this sooner. If we had a direct line to Klopp. Like maybe if we suggested it like, I don't know, two games into the season. Exactly. I also believe that this could really help out Trent Alexander-Arnold for the English national team. Because if Gareth Southgate can realize where to play this man, it would be a great help to that squad who needs it. Yeah. I mean, they already have, the quickly on the English squad, they already have a really good right back and left back. So put him as a midfielder. He can do a, a hell of a lot better than he can playing defense. I completely agree. The formation I saw for the for this match was like a 3-2-2-3 two, two, looking formation. It works out really well because everyone's being used to their strengths. I don't know why it took so long to figure that out or make adjustments. Usually when you're losing, you want to make some adjustments, whatever. And then, you know what? We're just going to go to the bottom of the table. Uh, starting at which number do you want me to start at? 15? I mean. I think Wolves are relatively safe at 37 points. Probably. I mean, probably. Like there, there is still that like West Ham can get one win and then they're at 37 points. But I think Wolves are safe I, from relegation. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think the bottom fight is going to be Leicester down. All right. So we'll start with Leicester or at Leicester 16. Leicester to Everton. Southampton are screwed. 
All right, so at 16, we got Leicester. Then we got Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Everton, Southampton. Southampton is pretty much guaranteed relegation. I can't imagine they're going to win. What do they need? Three wins? Two wins and a draw? I mean, that's all. That's also hoping that none of the other teams get wins or... Or draws. I mean, draws would be okay, but like if they have wins, if any of those teams that you mentioned get a win... Done. Right. So Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham all have 30 points. Leicester has by far the best goal differential out of those squads at negative 13. It's still negative, but yeah, it's still better. Still better. Leeds is at negative 24. So Leicester has, I would say, a good chance to avoid relegation. However... They need to get more draws or one more win at some point at the, um, in their remaining games. None of these teams have any games in hand, so it's pretty even across the board from that standpoint. Yeah. Everton just looks hopeless. Don't say that about your team. You guys came back yesterday and got a draw. I'll take that as a win. That was our only winnable game the rest of the season. You can beat Wolves in Bournemouth. Our only reason we have a chance against Bournemouth is because we're playing at home. You can, you, I think you can. We're not beating Brighton or City. You don't know that. Well, you City, no, but Brighton, you, eh, you could. It's no. possible. No, we're not beating Brighton. We're not, not beating City. Stop selling your team short. Our only chance are against Wolves and Bournemouth. Bournemouth, we're at home on the last day, so there, there's a, there's a chance, not a big one. I. Everton, Southampton, and I think Leeds are going to go down. Here, here is why I believe that you shouldn't sell your team short on Brighton. You've in this season you have already beaten Arsenal. You beat Brentford. You drew against Tottenham. You drew against Chelsea, which me. You drew against Palace. All teams that are doing relatively well, minus Chelsea. So I think you should have a little more faith. In your boys in blue or pink or whatever yellow color they want to wear, and have and believe in yourself. I'm pulling up the schedules for all the the bottom teams right now. Are you ready? Don't look at don't look at the other people. Just worry about yourself. Uh, no, you literally have to worry about the other people because. Oh yeah, because don't you play them or don't they play each other? Yeah, that's a, that's what I'm looking at. How many of them are playing each other? So Weeds is screwed. They play City. Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham. Yeah, they're probably not going to win one, any one of those games. They might not even draw any of those matches. No, which is good for you. Right. That's why I'm predicting leads in the bottom three. Nottingham Forest has an interesting scenario because their next match on May 8th is against Southampton. And if that's the bottom of the table, that could be their three points to get them out of relegation. But Southampton show up. Um, then they play Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. I think Southampton's their best shot to get out of relegation because at this point, one win for any of these teams could do it. Yeah, it's true. So my prediction is Southampton, Everton, Leeds will, will get relegated. 
if Nottingham Forest can beat Brighton, you guys can beat Brighton. Just let me accept this. It's easier if I accept it early. And next season, I understand it's Championship League. I don't want your team to go down. I want you to, to have some excitement for next season. I will still be very excited for, to do this pod with you next season. <laughs> I will be able to do this with no biases. Except for hating Tottenham. Except for hating Liverpool. Or Arsenal. It's mostly there will Liverpool. Be bias. Either way, this is what this is what we think about the bottom of the table. I still I still firmly believe that wherever the heck it went, where's my table? No. It went away over there. I still think it's gonna be Southampton, Forest, and Leicester. You think Leeds is getting out of this? Hey, I said it. Said it. It's never changed. Are these our final predictions? Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna. I said, that I said this like four weeks ago. It's I haven't changed. Here's my final prediction: Southampton, Everton, and Leeds get relegated. Andrew, what is your final prediction? Southampton, Everton, and Leeds. Why you? You need to have more faith in your own team. I think it's going to be no wait no I was I have, I'm so sorry I misspoke mine was Southampton Leeds and Leicester because I wanted Forest and your and Everton to stay up right and also realistically Leeds is not getting a point the rest of the season no so I think it's going to be Southampton Leeds Leicester I'm okay. having faith in your boys and I don't want Forest to get relegated because it's been 26 years and they need to stay one more season at least deforestation is happening my friend. And with that, we are done with today. Friends, please thank you for if you made it all the way through to this, whether it's on the YouTube episode, whether it's on the the audio only form. We thank you very much. Please subscribe to everything. Uh, please like all our posts on social media. As you know, we would love to quit our regular day jobs to do this every single day for a living. Um, but until then, we got to we got to keep going to our jobs and we don't like that. So if you could, you know, make us famous, help, help us. And then we can help us to the top. Yeah. You help us. We help you. You want to go to a match with us, get us to where we can get to them for free. Yeah. All right. Bye friends. Bye friends. Side FM.